to this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, part of the Belief Podcast Network. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at TalkNats. Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. Take $20 off your first ticket purchase when you use promo code TalkNats. That's promo code T-A-L-K-N-A-T-S for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Yes, that also includes Nationals tickets. Just follow the link in the show description. Today's episode is also brought to you by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness, located at 230 Water Street. Just tell them you want the Nats discount. In today's episode of the Talk Nats podcast, we talk about Josiah Gray's struggles as of late. Uh, Yes, he's been frustrated. He's had a hard time with walks. He's had a hard time locating pitches. Yes, this is the same Josiah Gray that was an all-star just this year and uh, how he's kind of fallen from grace in the latter part of the season. We'll talk about that in the show. A little bit later, we will talk about uh, him venting his frustrations with outfielder Young, who dropped a ball. Uh, it wasn't really a misplayed ball, I guess I would say. He just lost it in the sun. I guess you could say that's misplaying it, but I think that's just a human error. A little bit later, we will talk about Lane Thomas and C.J. Abrams' struggles as well. But just to get it going here, Josiah Gray has struggled. The Nats have struggled, and uh, they have not fared rather well at all against the Marlins this year. The Marlins are a bit of an interesting team for me, as we know that uh, they change from one year to the next. One year, they're contenders. One year, they're cellar dwellers. The Marlins seem to be dialed in pretty well this year, all things considered, and I think that they're vying for a playoff spot. Uh, But in any event, as far as the Nationals are concerned, they have struggled, and they've struggled against the Marlins. They are still sitting in last place. They take on the Mets starting tomorrow. Patrick Corbin is on the mound. Patrick Corbin, who has been a bit of a mixed bag this year. Uh, Moments you think, wow, this is Patrick Corbin. He's back. And then all of a sudden he'll pitch a game and you're like, nope, that's the Patrick Corbin that we remember. But the game yesterday, Marlins 6, Nats 4. Gray had a rough top of the first. Uh, His teammates rallied, then gave up two in the ninth to lose. They finished the year 2-11 versus Miami, 0-7 at home. So it has been tough, and it's there's been no good home cooking for the Nationals, especially when it comes on feasting on the fish. The Marlins sweep the Nationals 4-0, and now 26-6 and the past two seasons against the Nats. This accounts for 20% of the Marlins' 139 wins in 22 and 23. So uh, the Marlins dialed in. The Nationals have some work to do, and Josiah Gray also has a lot to work uh, to do as well. Josiah Gray looked irate he looked you know flustered and he looked you know just out of sync and i think that that is ultimately why he acted the way he did gray figured things out just enough to stop the bleeding and when his teammates rallied to tie the game it looked like the weekend might be salvaged until a sloppy top of the ninth spoiled everything and sent the nats to yet another loss against the marlins rights masson it was a frustrating game. I don't know what's going on with the Nats as of late. You know, I, for the longest time, I was talking about the surging Washington Nationals, and now I'm talking about the Nationals that are struggling. 
Uh, what happened to Gray in the top of the first can't be ignored altogether. The right-hander entered this start needing a better results after a tough two-inning outing in Toronto that made his all-star first half feel further and further removed from reality. Five pitches in, he was already in some familiar trouble. He started off in trouble right out of the gate. He was flustered. He had a hard time finding the strike zone. He was walking players. Um, and then there was the issue of Young that, you know, when you watch the game, it looks like he had it. He had it and whoop, he kind of ducked his head because he didn't find the ball and it hit the ground. And I don't want to be too, you know, rough on, on Young out there. I think that, um, you know, I've seen, you know, seasoned MLB veterans do the same thing. You just lose the ball in the light. You kind of hold your glove up and shade it and hope that you can keep an eye on it. But all things considered, Young is known for his defense. And I think it was just a blip on the radar. Gray could have responded to the gaff by buckling down and getting out of the jam himself. Instead, he lost all semblance of command. And for a moment, his composure as well, he issued three straight walks on a total of 14 pitches, two of them forcing home a run to leave the Nats in a three to nothing hole at the end of the inning, writes the Washington Post. So, you know, uh, you can be frustrated, Josiah, with Young about dropping the baseball. And if you're not familiar with what happened, he kind of took some steps towards the mound and he said, catch the effing ball. Uh, that is not how a professional baseball player handles a situation. I would be more worried about dialing in my pitches. I think that fly ball just threw me for a whirlwind, he said, and I tried to refocus, but obviously didn't take long enough to refocus. So it was a tough outing for Josiah Gray um, that uh, he struggled. He struggled to find the strike zone. He struggled with walks uh, when the inning did end. Gray took two steps towards the dugout, turned and looked back to the center field and screamed in Young's direction again. That's when Dom Smith kind of approached him in the dugout and said, hey, that's not how we do things here. You know, and, and kudos goes to Dom Smith for stepping up and taking on a leadership role and standing up for his fellow teammate and saying, you're not going to do that. Just because you're flustered doesn't mean you get to take it out on a teammate. But then there was Sunday's first inning during a sweep reoccurring loss to the Miami Marlins when the Washington Nationals right-hander stepped out of character. And uh, again, I, I just think that he was flustered. He's had a rough season so far. And he decided to take it out on the young guy on the team. Not the right approach to take. So uh, we're hoping for a better outing from Josiah Gray in the future. It's been speculated that he might miss his next start. Uh, some people thought he was going to miss the start that he had yesterday. But then he, then he had a bullpen session. And apparently must have done okay because, you know, he got the start. But a lot of questions surround him. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will continue to talk about the game. What went wrong? What went right? And what can we expect from the Nats coming up here? I'll talk about that straight ahead. All right, welcome back into this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. Uh, just talking about the game. Uh, it was just a rough few games there against the Marlins. And then, you know, Young dropped the baseball and uh, that's when things kind of really went off. The wheel really started to wobble. Young's mistake can't justify what happened. Gray threw 12 of his next, uh, excuse me, Gray threw 12 of his next 14 pitches for balls. He walked three batters in a row, pushing two Marlins home to make it three to nothing. Yet when the inning finally concluded, uh, Gray remained frustrated and yelled. And uh, 
That, that's what I'm talking about. We cannot have that from our starting pitching. This is professional baseball. He said, just not to character to show that much frustration out there. He said, I already apologized to the guys about it. I feel terrible. I've just got to learn from it. So a tough, a tough game. It was a tough game for Finnegan as well. The Marlins scored two off Finnegan uh, via two singles, a throwing error, and another bloop symbol taking a six, a six to four lead that would hold in the bottom of the inning to secure the victory on a sweltering Sunday afternoon on South Capitol Street. It was tough. It was hot out there. Um, but it wasn't just Gray, and it wasn't just Young. C.J. Abrams uh, also struggled. He tried to turn what would have been an incredibly difficult 3-6-1 double play with Speedy Chisholm running down first baseline. His throw, his throw sailed high and wide of Finnegan, and that allowed the go-ahead run to score. I was just a little bit over-aggressive in that situation, Abrams says. I was trying to make another play and would... Uh, up, making a bad throw and it cost us. Learn from it and just move on. Again, another young guy that I'm not going to be too hard on, all things considered, if I'm going to take a look at the season in total thus far, I would say that C.J. Abrams has played rather well. Does he have room for improvement? Absolutely. But these are young guys. you got to be a little bit more patient with them. And I think that it wasn't just Josiah Gray. I think the uh, entire team was flustered. And uh, it's just important not to take it, uh, you know, too seriously and just not overthink things. Davey Martinez says the errors killed us. The walks killed us. And uh, that was the tough thing. So one of the bright spots in the game was Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas was front and center throughout. The recently resurgent right fielder launched a towering first inning homer turning on an 0-2, 100-mile-per-hour fastball and sending the ball 431 feet down the left line and reaching the rarely-reached concourse behind Section 106. I'm just glad I squared up something on him, said Thomas who has been two for 18 in his career against the team. Uh, he kind of owed me for the first six or seven times I faced him. I'm trying to get it back somewhere even. So, you know, you take a look at Thomas, all things considered, a really bright spot. He was one of the players that was on the block for getting traded. Um, I don't think there's any real question that the Nationals did the right thing by holding on to him. Thomas's third homer in as many days was a precursor to what came later in the bottom of the fifth when the Nats scored three times with a sustained rally and began with an Ildemaro Vargas reaching on the pitcher's wild throw to first. Vargas would scamper 270 feet to score moments later on Dom Smith's double. Then Smith would score from third two batters later when Young chopped an RBI single past a drawn in infield. Again, I think it's important to take a look at the positive. I think it's important to take a look at the negative. There was a lot of negative. There was, you know, Josiah Gray not pitching, you know, how we thought he should pitch. There was Young dropping a ball that, you know, he probably should have caught. There was Abrams making a, an error out there. But the bright spot was Thomas. Thomas continues to contribute. Uh, and uh, that's all we can look at from this point on is just building blocks. How is this team going to get better in the long term? That's what it's all about. Uh, we do know that they take on the Mets next. Um, Corbin, like I said, is going to be on the mound. 
what we have to do is just put those games in the rear view mirror. This is uh, a, an assessment point of the season anyway. Let's face it, there's no chance they're going to make it to the playoffs. Any hopes of that were dashed with uh, you know the last week or so's games of struggles. So uh, that's what it's about, assessing the team. Who is going to be on the team next year? What is the outlook for Carter Keeboom? Uh, what is uh, you know the outlook for a lot of guys that are kind of on the cusp of making the team? What is the future going to be with Luis Garcia at second base? Um, that kind of thing. There are a lot of questions, and the Nationals are going to have to try to answer those questions. And then ultimately, what of the young prospects in the Nationals organization are going to be ready to start next season? Could we see, you know, the likes of some of the top prospects? You know, you take a look at Dylan Cruz, you take a look at Brady House, you take a look at James Wood. You know, there are a lot of players that are going to make this team really good in the near future. How many of those players will be ready to help the Nationals next year? Everything that I've kind of read and, and observed myself is that Brady House might be a little ways out, but there are some players that might be ready. I've heard talk that, you know, maybe James Wood or something like that. Dealing Cruz seems to have a bit of an upward trajectory. He struggled a little bit there for a while, but uh, he's a young man, you know, and he's just making his way. But I have no doubt uh, that the Nationals will be stacked. They will be stacked in the outfield for sure. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, all things considered, this team is sitting in a really good position despite what we've seen in the recent play and, uh, you know, despite what we've seen on the score sheet and the standings. I think that if we take a look at this team in total, they've lived uh, uh, and played above expectation, in my opinion. Uh, no one really thought this team was going to to make it to the playoffs. So I think it's just important to pump the brakes and get excited for what next season brings. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And I'll talk to you again next time.